0: Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Yes, we hear the statistics every day about how many more cases we have in the country of COVID-19. But do we ever stop and really think about how this terrible virus is affecting so many people? My next guest and her family know all too well how truly dreadful contracting COVID-19 is. And like many people who've tested positive, they hoped and prayed that they would make a recovery and get back to full health. But for Claire Toomey from Ashburn and for so many other COVID-19 survivors, their battle with the virus is ongoing. Claire joined me for Monday Motivation earlier this summer and I was really inspired by her incredibly positive attitude to the situation she now finds herself in. She decided to set up a support group, the first of its kind in Ireland, to help other survivors and that is growing as we speak. And she joins me on the line now. Claire, how are you and your wonderful parents doing these days? How are you?
0: Oh, hi Sinead. Um, Up and down, to be honest. Um, It kind of swings in roundabouts. Um, I'm just coming out of an eight-day crash where I was struggling with migraines and vomiting. So I was in bed for for eight days. Before that, I had a phase of feeling particularly well. I was starting to get back on my feet, aiming to return to work mid-September. So you're just, you know, you're trying to balance and find a balance and pace yourself. But every now and again, there's a new symptom or a reoccurring symptom. And it can be extremely frustrating.
1: I can only imagine eight days of this yeah. constantly going on with you. And yes, you you, you you get the strength, first of all, to come on the radio today. So I thank you so much for that and the strength to keep up the support group. But just bring me back slightly, just for people who haven't heard your story. How did this horrible virus come into your lives in the first place? I believe your mum was affected first back in March.
0: Is that right? So all three of us actually tested positive on the same day, on okay. 29th of March. Mum had a more severe experience with it and she was hospitalized in ICU for four weeks and she was on a ventilator for 10 days and at one point we thought we were going to lose her. So the doctors have told us that we were very lucky that she came off the ventilator and that she is where she is. My dad um, had a very different experience again from myself and my mom. Um is doing pretty well now but has had struggles with fatigue on, on and off. Um, And initially, I suppose, you know, the 14 days for all of us were the days that you had to isolate were very scary. I had five days of high fever, um, no appetite, in bed, everything ached, couldn't lift my head, couldn't speak. So I actually, you know, very frightened and, and didn't know when it was going to end, I suppose. And I guess six months later, I still don't know when it's going to end. I do feel... Obviously, there are improvements. Um, I'm not in bed every day mm. and I live for the days that are good. Um, you know, that, that's what you're motivated for. But mm. you constantly have to pull yourself back so that you don't lose the run of yourself and think that you're better and think that you can do a day that you would have done pre-COVID. Mm. Um, I've had since then, I've had a, a wide range of bewildering symptoms like consistent, persistent coughing, hair loss, gastro, ongoing gastro issues, um, shortness of breath, like a trip up the stairs, um, a short visit to a walk, uh, a short walk to the shops, um, and then like having to go to bed for like four or five hours after housework or yoga class, you know. Um, I also developed an extremely painful rash. The only comparison that I have to it is something similar. It's not called shingles. They're calling it a COVID rash, but it was very similar to shingles. And I had that for a couple of weeks. And I I made an attempt to return to work, I think, mid-May, and it brought all my, my, my initial symptoms back. So I spent four weeks in bed again and on the couch dealing with fever. So it's just... COVID oh my notes. God,
1: Claire! Like I mean, and and what is there? Is there anything that can be done? Are you just expected to, you know, ride out these symptoms, suffer through them? Are are doctors scratching their
0: heads? Are there any answers for mm-hmm. you? So we have, like, uh, nobody has any answers. I mean, er, but everybody is putting their hands up and saying this is so new, so unknown. There are comparisons being made to that of like the recovery process from glandular fever, ME, and chronic fatigue and things like that. There are a few COVID clinics who are um, conducting research. I'm part. I'm still linked in with the matter, so I'm attending for follow up appointments. My GP has been amazing, and we're treating and trying to manage everything when it comes up. But it can be really, it is really debilitating, and it can be really frustrating trying to cope with one or two symptoms at the same time. And of Mm. course like everybody wants to get better and you, and and everyone's trying and everyone's trying to stay positive but you get smacked in the face then and you have another crash and mm. you're you're set back again you know and you
1: know I talk about this all the time on the show and in fact I would probably have been one of these people that wore a mask quite early on particularly to shops that kind of thing there is a lot of anti-mask wearing brigade out there. Um, they message this show all the time, uh, What well, to be honest, when I'm discussing the issue. And it makes mm. me want to scream when I see these messages come in. So I can only imagine how you must feel. You're after going mm. through all of the symptoms in life for you right now. What yeah. do you make of anti-mask demonstrations or people just not wearing them in shops? So
0: this is a topic that's come up in the support group itself. There's 570 people now um, as members in the group. And we try not to focus on these things because they are upsetting and they are infuriating. But the most recent protest and um, something else came out recently about um, the deaths, so there have been topics. It's it's almost like a slap in the face, Sinead, and it's disrespectful to the lives that we've lost. And I think people are forgetting that you know it's not just life and death there's a piece in the middle called living and quality of life matters so for those of us who are still struggling 6 months on to be met with people who think this is a, a scam or a hoax it's infuriating because we're living it so we we can't understand you know and i think it's important to read to to read pe- people are speaking out now about their experiences more and more people are are speaking out and i think it's important to, to, to hear them, to listen to what they're saying. And in terms of the masks, I mean, like professions are wearing masks for years and years to protect themselves. Yes. Doctors and nurses are wearing them. Dentists wear them. Nail technicians wear them. Welders and carpenters wear them to protect their nose and their mouth from inhaling fumes, um, bacteria, all sorts. This isn't a new thing, you know? Mm. I mean, I look at it, I'm going to do whatever I can because I don't want to catch this again. I yeah. do not want to go through this any longer than I have already. And I do not want to go back to where I was. I don't want to lose my mom. My mom has been told that if we have, excuse me, if we have another lockdown, she has to, like, or another uh, surge, a severe surge, she's going to have to cocoon because if she catches this again, she could lose her life. So I don't want that to happen. Like, and I mean, the masks don't particularly make me feel, I mean, yeah, course life is better without having to wear them but mm. they don't make me feel uncomfortable they're not suffocating and i can manage it and i think it's important for us to protect ourselves in any way that we can absolutely and also, and you, you, if I you also, see
1: the kids going out to school with them and wearing yeah. them all day long you exactly. know if children can take on board this message surely be to god the rest of yeah. us can
0: yeah and i just want to point out as well like initially and this was worldwide, worldwide, initially when they came out and said, OK, please don't wear the masks. That was to do with to do with a shortage mm. of masks because we didn't have them for healthcare workers and for medical professions. And people are now coming out and saying at that point we should have said can you wear the cotton masks? But we weren't there at that point and it was yeah. only after that that lots of companies and individuals started producing the cotton masks. So it's not that there was a mixed message in don't wear them because they won't be any use to you. It was because we need them for um, for the services who are front line meeting COVID patients, you know.
1: Absolutely, and I would want I would appeal to anybody who is of the anti mask persuasion to really listen to what Claire is saying and think about Claire and think about other people out there that have either lost loved ones or lost their lives or are battling uh, like Claire is uh, before you decide to, to forgo the mask. You decided to do something incredibly positive. You're helping other survivors of COVID um, because you discovered obviously you're not alone in dealing with the horrific aftermath of this. Tell me about the COVID Cases Support Group because I'm so thrilled in some ways to hear that it's growing, but obviously it's it's a mixed feeling, but you
0: are reaching out to people. Yeah, I mean, of course, nobody wants to know that there's 500 people or thousands of people worldwide still not well, but there is a comfort in it because... Each time like I get I see another member notification, I'm like, okay, that's another little reassurance of I'm not unusual and I'm not on my own. In the early stages, nobody was really speaking about recovery when I had set this up. I had known, obviously my parents um, had had contracted it. They had a very different experience to me. I was comparing myself to them and confused and scared and worried that I was never going to get better. So I just took an initiative and um, set it up. And it's a really big thing, Sinead, for people in Ireland to join a support group. But like mm. many members have said to me, they never would have done this before. Um some people have created their Facebook groups specifically for this because they heard other people talking about it. And it's an incredibly brave thing to do, but it's also this huge support piece. Like people are amazing. Like mm. we're 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 just accepting everybody. Like people are allowed to, to comment in and have a rant on, on their hard days or when they're met with a new symptom. But there's also a huge amount of positivity in it. People are sharing what's helping, what's working. And there are a lot of people, Sinead, who don't have access to GPs who are educated in COVID, to post-COVID clinics. And therefore, their only information is from people in the group. So it's bringing people together in a in, in, in various amount of ways. Like a lot of people before they joined, never spoke to anybody who had COVID mm-hmm. or weren't weren't still telling people, I'm still not okay, or hadn't reached out to their GP. There's also a cohort who tested negative, Sinead, and they were false negatives. There's also a cohort of people who were never tested at all because they didn't meet the criteria at the time. And those people have been forgotten about. They're not gaining access to the financial supports or the COVID medical supports that those of us who tested positive, have, you know. So they're getting information and support and finding, finding the energy and a sense of empowerment to fight and to use their voice um, and to ask for help and to ask for support and to know that I'm not going mad. I'm not the only one. I'm not losing my mind. I'm not imagining this.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, that's the thing. It's having that connection to, to yeah. other people. You know, for anyone listening in who might have gotten a diagnosis or is waiting on results or has a loved one battling COVID at the minute. What would you say
0: to them, Claire? Well, I would tell them to join the group and come and join us. We like to have a bit of fun and, you know, people are posting up lighthearted quotes and things like that. So and I, I always advise people to use it whatever way that works best for them. Some people check in every day, some people check once a week. I would advise them to keep regular um like touching base with their GP to keep updating the GP on the symptoms that they're feeling. Anything that's not normal or regular for you that before you contracted it or before you think you contracted it, to notice and to share it. Because the more people speak out, the more recognition we're going to have for long COVID. And also the more services can be provided. Because what's happening is now people's energy is so precious, Sinead, Mm. and you're, like Even myself, like I'm working with a nutritionist, I'm working with a coach, I'm working with a reflexologist, I'm working with um, a physio and an acupuncturist, trying to maintain all the different things I'm, I'm experiencing. That's draining, that's tiring, and it costs money. Having like a co- post-COVID hub, kind of like what we did when people were severely ill or people were going in for testing, we need spaces and services like that to mind people, to hold their hand, and to reassure them. Because... We're not medical professionals and we don't know. So medical professionals don't know either, but Mm. they are seeing a repetition of people and therefore they're able to reassure people, you know?
1: Absolutely. Well, Claire, I I applaud you first of all for coming on the show with me today after going through such a horrific ordeal that is ongoing in your life. I applaud you for what doing what you're doing in terms of setting up this group that is a vital support to so so many people. I wish you all the very very best going forward and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank
0: you so much, mate. Thank you for highlighting it. I really appreciate it and I know it means a lot to the members of the group as well.